right. This is the A. I'm Reg Clay. Usually with Norman G, but Norman is uh, not here right now because it's Memorial Day, and we have Joel Knopf. Hello, hello. Joel, how you doing? I'm doing really well. Fantastic. Singer, actor, and uh, he is a playwright, and he has written a uh, mini musical for the Musical Cafe, uh, which will be... Um, it's called The Last Ibex. The Last Ibex, book, music, and lyrics by Joel Knopf. That's right. It'll be at the Bay Area Children's Theater, OSHA Studio, OSHA Studio at yeah. 2055 Center Street in Berkeley. Uh, this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm super. I'm super excited about it. Yeah, um, no, it's fantastic. Of course, I had my experience with the musical cafe. Right, you did Mia. I did mm-hmm. Mia, and then prior to that, I was an uh, actor slash singer for oh. the Chain, and that was done by Allison Luderman. Okay, but uh, it's a wonderful. Um, it's wonderful. Uh, uh, it's a. Um, it's wonderful. What am I trying to say? Community mm-hmm. that the musical cafe has. Uh, yeah, that's that's exactly right. Um, one of the really nice things about it, um, if you go, is that you get to see four shows. You know, and yeah. they're they're completely different, and they all have wonderful parts about them. In this one, um, there's a show based on Greek myth called Finding Medusa. Um, yeah. There's sort of a, a more modern philosophical one called Infinite. There's a beautiful show written by my friend Jen Coogan. Hey, Jen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the Oregon Trail, right? Trail pages. pages yeah. yeah. It actually, I think she has like a 15-year-old actor singing this gorgeous, heartbreaking solo. It's oh, wow. Really something else. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I'm not even sure how long Musical Cafe's been, but uh, you know, they've been going on. I think since 2015, three years, something like that. So they're still relatively new. Yeah. 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 No, they they do a fantastic job, and uh, this is not your first one. I mean, so you've written. We talked a little bit before, mm-hmm. Mike, about uh, you. So how many how many musicals? How many? Uh, tell tell us your background. Yeah, sure. I mean, so this is my my second show. It's mm-hmm. my first full length musical. Um, the first show that I did was back in 2015. Um, I wrote a, a 10 minute musical called Unadmissions, uh, a law school musical about mm. a a wannabe writer who's about to chuck it all and go to law school who gets a visit from his unadmissions counselor who pops out of his mailbox and reminds <laughs> him about his childhood <laughs> dreams. Mm. Uh, so it's you know, semi-autobiographical. I went to law school, but I'm, I'm not a lawyer. Um, yeah. And as it would ha- the genesis of that musical is just a short 10-minute piece. I was sort of processing all that. I was you know, working at like an uh, educational technology company out here and then a science museum and thinking, like, what have I just gone into or gotten out of, I guess? And my way of processing that was uh, writing a musical. I was cat sitting <laughs> for somebody. Wow! And they had this beautiful piano, and I was like, "Okay, you know, nobody's gonna hear me, so I can sound as terrible as I want. Let me just <laughs> try writing right. this thing and see what happens." And the cat would just come. I I'd never cat sat before, also, so I was just convinced I was gonna kill this cat. It was gonna escape, or I was gonna starve it. Yeah. But it would just nuzzle against my leg as I was like, you know, uh-huh. doing stuff on the <laughs> piano and I took it to me and like, okay, keep going, keep going. <laughs> the cat was giving you encouragement. I had to do cat sitting. I, I was a student at NYU uh-huh. and I got to sit at some of the most beautiful apartments and mm-hmm. condos because someone was going on vacation. They're like, Hey, we need a cat sitter and I was mm-hmm. like, Hey, 18, 19 years old. That's a great job. Oh, my God. Yeah, you, I love seeing other people's houses. It's, yeah. I, I find myself being sort of a snoop. I'm, like, looking at their pictures, <laughs> trying to figure out who's related to who, you know. Sometimes I look at through their uh, musical collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was back in the days where you had record pl- records. Right. And, and all of that stuff. Are you are you a native of the Bay? No, I actually grew up in western Massachusetts. Wow. Uh, so about two hours west of Boston, a uh, town called Amherst, you know. 
lots of college students, lots of trees. So mm-hmm. coming to a big city like this, I live in Emeryville right now, is is still somewhat of a shock. I'm yeah. like, there's so many people. What what should I do? <laughs> right. You know, I remember um, they had uh, they had a summer musical class at Amherst College. Mm. It was a beautiful campus, and it I is, remember yeah. being there, oh, and cool. uh, it was really really cool. So um, what uh, what what brought you to the Bay? Yeah, so I came out here in 2013. Um, I got a job out here, um, and my friend Eli from college, his partner had gotten into grad school at the East Coast. Mm -hmm. And so they were moving out to New Haven, Connecticut, and I was moving out here. And I had actually visited them at their little vegan co-op in Berkeley while I was looking for a job out here. Mm -hmm. And I got the job, and then Eli called me, and he was like, hey, like, remember that co-op? Did you like visiting us? You want you want our room? We're moving out, and so I was just wow, like the vegan co-op Berkeley. I got to tell my grandkids <laughs> about this. Like I, I really want the experience of living with nine hippies, you know, for a yeah, couple months. Yeah. Uh, so I did that, you know, and it sort of got me out here. Um, and I wasn't even thinking about about theater at that point. I mm-hmm. was just thinking like, okay, new place. Like I was working on a book at the time. Um, I want to finish the book. You know, I want to just check out the Golden Gate have all these experiences Mm -hmm. um yeah and then i think like i must have found out about musical cafe on my facebook feed or something and i was like oh this is cool yeah isn't it wonderful how social media i was talking to uh, norman and we were talking Mm -hmm. about the old days where how Mm -hmm. did actors and how did people find out about shows or whatever and i guess you had to result in uh there's the um there's i guess tba tba Mm -hmm. had a magazine and you would have to go go into that and look and and find uh but now with social media i mean a lot of the shows that i get basically are from emails or from facebook posts right. saying hey right we need you for this or that or whatever so mm-hmm. thank goodness for social media oh absolutely yeah for all the the hullabaloo about facebook it is a really <laughs> great way sure to just find out what your friends are doing right right exactly you know it's interesting you so t- tell me about the book because uh, we yeah. had a uh, another um a playwright Jeannie baroga mm. who's also working on a novel oh, cool. so sometimes these two worlds bl- mesh. Yes, they do. Uh, so, I mean, the novel um, is about these three kids. Um, they go on a quest to save their grandpa from Alzheimer's. So they mm. make up this imaginary world, and they go into this world where they find that this group called the Tome Raiders mm. has uh, stolen his memories and kidnapped some of his words. Oh, wow. So they go on a quest to rescue them. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and it's it's a different thing, but it's similar to theater because I've always loved words, and I've always loved stories, and I've loved you know characters and playfulness. And the the thing about novel writing, though, is that it's very solitary. You sit sure. at your desk, you know, you're in your own mind. And what has been so revelatory for me about theater is it's so collaborative. You get to work with these amazing actors who are bringing their talents and their mm-hmm. skills to your story, inhabiting yeah. your characters, asking great questions. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's such a game changer. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about your youth, because... Mm. Um, I know that you didn't grow up, you know, I had assumed because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's funny. I remember last year when you had auditioned because you were a part of, you actually did three of the four musicals last year. I mean, I'm, you yeah, were I'm not sure what possessed me. <laughs> <laughs> I no, will never awesome. do that again. <laughs> no, it was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously that was, this was, I said, hey, this is a man who is just hungry for work. It yes. was awesome. Yeah, it was a lot And of you fun. really didn't even... Because I don't, I think you were there just to watch the uh, yeah, door, I was just right? volunteering. I wasn't, I like, I don't, you know, I wasn't even planning to audition, and they just said, you, you know, you can sing. Do you want to try? And I, I'm sort of the guy who's going to be up for anything at least once. Yeah. Uh, so I did it, and and lo and behold, it worked out, and I had a blast. Wow, that yeah. is fa- that is really really fantastic. But although you didn't grow up, let's say, 
you know, there are a lot of folks who grew up in either theater family or musical right, family right. or whatever or had that mm-hmm. background. Although you didn't have that, mm-hmm. you must have had some sort of music yes, or something in your childhood. Yes. I loved to sing, and I, I was just uh, – the moment I could join a choir in school, I was there. Mm. I did every single musical thing that I could possibly get my hands on. I mean, there's a story of me as, like, a three- or four-year-old. I had this, like, uh, plastic Burton Ernie guitar that I would just, like, walk <laughs> around, on. stroll on. And my parents were great. They really supported me. Like, yeah. they got me guitar lessons. Um, yeah. I started out on ukulele. Did, did, did you have any siblings? You know, you know, I didn't. I was an only child. Okay. Um, so I, you know, I always wished about siblings. I, I think actually one of the things that not having siblings gave me mm-hmm. was a sense of imagination and creativity. Sure. I can relate to that. Uh, up until I was 14, I was an only child mm-hmm. and then my dad remarried. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I can totally understand it where you just have time all by yourself and you just come up with all sorts of, you know, crazy imagination. Oh, imaginary totally. stuff. Yeah, writing for the theater is, is a way that even as an adult, I still get to have imaginary friends. So <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, you know, it's interesting. I was talking with Jeannie. You know, mm. they say that novelists write about what people, um, what people think about, or mm-hmm. what what people, um, I guess, uh, yeah, what what people think about. Yeah. And theater, you read about write what, what people say, mm. and they say filmmakers write about what, what people do. Um, That's and interesting. S- and sometimes you have to have a different mindset because mm-hmm. you talked earlier about how, as a novelist, you really alter yourself, mm-hmm. and theater is more of a collaborative thing. Is that sometimes difficult? Um, to sometimes, let's say you write something, you give it to someone like a director and the actors, and they're going in a direction that you didn't really envision. Mm. Yeah, I'm I, I of two minds of that. Like, uh, as a novelist, you know, one of the great joys of being a novelist is you. You get to go inside people's heads. Yeah. And, you know, you can dip into your character's heads and you can write their internal monologue on the page. Mm -hmm. And at first I was like, my God, there's no way I'll ever write a script because I can't do that. Mm -hmm. And now what I've realized, so I just saw at the Berkeley Rep, um, Angels of America by Tony Kushner. Ah, Gorgeous play. Yeah. And he has like he has characters who are coming out of people's imaginations yeah and they actually are expressing their internal monologue in dialogue with Mm. these characters and i was like that's brilliant because there's actually a way to bring it in yeah and it's really funny and effective Mm -hmm. um so yeah so i'm sort of learning how to do that and and also yeah i mean i'm learning a ton from my actors i'll often say to actors like if something feels like infelicitous or not quite right just like change it <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah but you never feel abused you never feel no, like an actor no. says oh let's twi- tweak this or whatever and they're not in your mindset you know they don't understand why you've written what you've written not yet that hasn't happened yet thankfully <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did you have any formal training regarding writing or even singing um that's a good question i guess uh i mean singing wise you know i've always sung in in choirs i had some amazing mm. um just like teachers like um even my second – like, I want to go way back. Like, my preschool teacher was amazing. Mm-hmm. We uh, – she – we did as preschoolers um, in our preschool, the sixth graders every year put on the sixth grade play. And I yeah. remember one year they did Gilbert and Sullivan's The HMS Pinnacle. Wow. That is ambitious. Oh, I, it was so ambitious, right? Yeah. And, and to a preschooler, you know, sixth graders are big kids. They're adults. They're huge. Mm-hmm. And what we wanted to do, of course, was to – do our own version of Gilbert and Sullivan's HMS Pinafore. So yeah. somehow or other, our preschool teacher got us to tell her what we remembered of it, mm-hmm. and we put it on, uh, and I was Rafe Rackstraw. And uh, mm-hmm. I remember being really proud. Like, during the performance, the parents had come in, and some of my, you know, 
other people in the cast ran out of the show to say hi to their parents, and I was really proud that I stayed in character, and I didn't <laughs> run off the stage. <laughs> right. Oh, while the show was going on. While the show was oh, going my on. goodness. Yes. Well, preschoolers, yeah. Preschoolers, yeah. But no, that that is really, really ambitious. Yeah. Um, now, as far as writing, did you sure. have any um, formal training as far as writing? Yeah, I mean, I took classes in college. Um, when I lived in Boston, there's a wonderful organization there called Grub Street, which is sort of a great community for writers i've taken classes there at the mm-hmm. at the grotto um but you know mainly i've i guess i've learned writing by doing it um, yeah and that's sort of one piece of advice that i just want to offer to anybody who's listening to this like just write like it, it doesn't have to be good like yeah really you can write about anything yeah um you just kind of learn by doing it and and showing people your work and listening to their feedback and yeah and yeah and sometimes the mistakes help you because oh my someone God, can tell yeah. you hey Mm-hmm. And then you can correct what you're doing. And also, there are a lot of writing workshops. Are you a part of any writing workshops? Um, I'm not in workshops right now, but I am in. I have um, several like critique groups. I've got a critique oh, cool. partner that yeah. I've met at a, a critique conference, and we yeah. exchange stuff, and that's really helpful. Yeah, a lot of the like last week, I was a part of this group called the Unscripted Theater Company, mm. and I'll, I'll put a link there. Cool. And they're basically just a bunch of playwriters, mm-hmm. and they look for actors to do cold reads, oh, cool. and then they critique the work mm-hmm. to try to strengthen each other up. Yes, and yeah. there, there, and there are several groups. I know Bindlestiff does it mm. for the Philippine um, writers and actors and stuff, and uh, I believe um, Central Works, mm. uh, Gary Graves over at uh, in Berkeley. They also have a writing collaborative, and I think that's sort of where that's where a lot of theater is going right now. It's mm-hmm. not just let's do the traditional stuff like mm-hmm. our town or whatever, but there mm-hmm. there's a there's a growing community that are focusing on new works, and that's a wonderful thing. I, I agree. I saw a wonderful show um, by Ragged Wing Ensemble. Ah, yeah, uh, and I think. It was um, nine or ten ensemble members, and they had just worked yeah. together to Is devise that this Taylor? piece. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, and it was it was gorgeous. Like there was no one person who was the writer. They had all worked together and contributed. Very nice. Um, yeah, and I, I think that's that's wonderful. I mean, theater's fun to make. Let's all make it, <laughs> right? Yeah. Now, do you see yourself more as do you see yourself more being on stage mm-hmm. rather than off stage, or? Are you being no, let me, let me be totally honest here. Sure. <laughs> I'm not a great actor. So I uh, – Well, I, I don't know. You've done great work. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I love I love writing shows. I see myself – I mean, I feel super comfortable in the role I'm in right now. Yeah. Um, definitely lyrics and music. And it's interesting. Writing book, too, is interesting. I'm not sure that that's what I'm going to be doing, but that's what I'm doing right now. I yeah. really enjoy just being able to tell this story however I want. Cool. Um, and it's wonderful just – I mean – because it's so much fun to see what actors do with that, you know? Sure. And if I was on stage, like, acting in the thing, like, I would sort of lose that, I think. Yeah, no, I totally hear you. Mm-hmm. Tell me about The Last Ibex. What, what's it about? Yeah, okay. So this Last Ibex is um, – so Ibex are mountain sheep with these big curly horns. Yeah, I think about, like, in Africa, there are these um, – I don't know if they look like goats or sheep, mm-hmm. but they have horns that just stretch out. Yeah. They don't curl, right? Uh-huh. I think those are the Ibex. Yeah, the, they, may be, they may well be related. Yeah. Um, and so it's about uh, this smuggler mm-hmm. who, although he's just motivated by profit and wants to make a quick buck, ends up saving Ibex from extinction by smuggling them from Italy into Switzerland and mm-hmm. helping found the first Swiss national park. Wow. So he starts off as a bad guy, mm-hmm. but he winds up doing a, a common good or a good yes. thing. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that I'm really hoping to convey with this show that – Sometimes people do the right things for the wrong reasons, mm-hmm. and that to me makes them really interesting characters. Like I sort of want to go beyond like you're the bad guy, you're the good guy, and, and look at people in a little bit more complexity. Wow. What, moti- what motivated you to 
to do to go to in write this direction. that one. Yeah. So yeah, I was working at um, the Lawrence Hall of Science. I was writing science curriculum, and I think we just had to like look up a bunch of different animals. Mm -hmm. So I was on the wiki the Wikipedia page for ibex, mm -hmm. and I was just reading through it, and there was just this one sentence about like how under the reign of King Victor Emmanuel II, ibex were saved <laughs> from extinction <laughs> thanks to the smuggler. And I was like, Wow, huh. it's based on a real story. It is based on a real oh, story. Oh wow! Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So I filed that away, mm -hmm. and then months later. I have a whole list of, like, ideas that I'll get to someday. Sure. And so I was like, I should start something new. And I actually started on something else. I was starting on another idea on the list, and that wasn't going very well. So mm -hmm. I was like, oh, let me just throw that away. I'll try this one. Yeah. And I started working on this and doing some research. And it's fascinating. Like, there, I, hadn't, I didn't find out anybody else who had written about this. Like, a lot of the materials are in, like, Italian or German. So mm -hmm. I was just, like, Google translating my way through the web. Sure, sure. Um, and just getting more and more interested in the story and how yeah. things happened. Yeah. Um, and it's been really fun. I mean, it's not uh, – it is based on a historical uh, tale, but it's not 100% historically accurate. Like, I've mm -hmm. changed some timelines, but uh, yeah. it's really fun. Yeah, I've done the same mm -hmm. thing. I, I'm, I have a work that has, uh, that's about to be – uh, put on stage for men and parents, mm. which is also based on a true story. And, of, and of course, we never know what the dialogue is. Mm -hmm. So we have to sort of finagle. That's one of those wonderful creative moments mm -hmm. where one event happens and then another event happens. What happens in the middle? Mm -hmm. You don't know. You've done the research. But, you know, that's where the creative process goes. You just sort of oh, fill yeah. in those blanks. Yeah, and I think that that's part of what makes history more interesting for people is sure. because you're able to, to weave it together and make it relevant for a contemporary audience. Right, right. That's awesome. And I see you're placing, because you also told me off mic that mm -hmm. you studied law. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So you're using that legal research to... I guess. Yeah, you could, <laughs> you could see it that way. I do, I do enjoy just tracing, you know, the, the trail mm -hmm. down wherever it leads. I, I found an article that was written in like, gosh, some uh, Swiss journal or something and i actually emailed the journalist because she had wow. talked to the uh the 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 games keepers at the reserve who are just this like cute old couple who've been mm -hmm. there for like 40 years and yeah. i asked her if she could give me their contact information and mm -hmm. she did and i was like oh my god the internet you know? wow that's <laughs> awesome that's fantastic yeah yeah um the you know the process of the musical cafe mm. because you know uh they're the for a creative mm -hmm. They need you to, you know, prepare the sheet music and mm -hmm. uh, to have everything set up. <coughs> Excuse me. How was the process of just dealing with that? Because I know for me, I'm a different type of a writer. Mm. Like I write a lot of R&B and soul mm. stuff. And so. Yeah, your music was gorgeous. Well, thank yeah. you so much. Now, the hard part was, mm -hmm. you know, sort of doing the sheet music, doing mm -hmm. the traditional stuff. Was that hard for you or was that something um, you knocked out? I really enjoyed it. I saw it as a bit of a challenge. I was like, I, I don't you know, tend to notate my music, but having to notate it forced me to be precise. And I also discovered like, oh, I can put a harmony here. Or like, oh, mm -hmm. there's a cool counter melody here. Like it made me think about like, what tempo do I actually want? Mm -hmm. um, so I saw it sort of as a, as a growth opportunity. But like every composer, you know, I would say, oh, I'm going to be done by Sunday. And then Sunday <laughs> rolls around and I'm like, uh, let's make it Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> right, sure. No, I've been there before. And yeah. it's funny, I took a little bit of music theory when I was at NYU, mm -hmm. and I had to sort of, okay, let me go back in time and remember, you know, all the things that totally. I learned. Did you have any music training? I did. I mean, I, yeah, as I said, I've always, you know, played guitar, and, like, I had a guitar teacher who was really good at teaching me the basics of music theory, and mm -hmm. I took a music theory class in high school. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I took some classes on it, but uh, I had this great book. It was called, like... Edley's Illustrated Guide to Music Theory, and it like oh, nice. taught music theory with like sort of comic-y illustrations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I was I was a total nerd in high school, so I like <laughs> loved this stuff. 
and I still am <coughs> to some extent. Yeah, no, the music um, theory helps because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you put together a song, mm-hmm. you could do the traditional thing and just put traditional chords together, but all of a sudden you find these gorgeous chords right. that you can flit, fit in, and it just gives the song more texture. So I well, always love those moments. One of the things I'm working on right now is I, I, I grew up, you know, playing guitar and singing, and I recently yeah. started taking piano lessons. Mm-hmm. My, my dirty secret is... is I'm a composer who who is learning to play piano. <laughs> me, me too. You yeah, know, I, I, I hardly do any fingering. You mm-hmm. know, like I, I'm. Of course, you can't see this on camera for those folks on the pot uh, listening. Right, just making <laughs> some chords with his hands. Yeah, yeah. Frankenstein hands because uh-huh. I can't really finger that well. Right, I mean, I know chords, right. but I can't mm-hmm. really finger. So I, I understand what you mean. But one thing that's lovely about it is starting to re- like for some reason playing on piano is different than playing on guitar and so the voicings right. are different and I'm like oh I could do this or I could connect these bass notes in this way so right, right. It's, just, it's just opening up all these new possibilities in this really cool way yeah no 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 that's that's fantastic uh, let's see I had I thought I had another question uh, <laughs> well you can tell you can talk more about the show that you're working on right now if you want well, yeah, I'll, I'll be advertising that. Mm. I've, I've been talking about this Four Men in Paris. It's basically mm. about Richard Wright, Chester Himes, uh, Ollie Harrington, and James Baldwin in the last days of uh, the, the their last days in Paris mm-hmm. in 1960. And mm-hmm. uh, we're going to have a um, a reading at uh, Books on B, which is on t- 1014 B Street in Hayward. Mm. And those are for folks who can't, you know, they, they're not going to be able to go out to see the show in October or they can't afford the money. I mean, so mm. this will be a free thing, and this will right. be on Saturday the 2nd. And I believe that will coincide with, um, and, you know, if you can't do that, then you can also uh, see the Musical Cafe. I think that will right. be your second show. We can uh, see your show on Sunday and then come see Musical <laughs> Cafe Friday and Sunday. <laughs> sure, sure. No, no problem yeah. at all. Um, but you've worked on – this is not your first musical. What, your other That's musical? That's right. Yeah, so the other one was called uh, Unadmissions, a law school musical. And if you okay. look it up on YouTube, you can find it. Um, oh, right on. That was, that was really fun. You know, that was my first venture um, into the world of musicals, and I, I – collaborated on it with a friend of mine from college who wrote the book. Nice. Um, and I was, you know, just discovering my voice as, as a composer. And yeah. one of the things I love about musicals is I feel sort of free to use a bunch of different styles. Yeah. Um, so that was really fun. Um, you know, we had uh, this novelist's characters come back and sort of berate him for not including them in his current work. Mm. Um mm. We had sort of a bunch of sort of flashbacky things. I, I wrote this song called "Remember." Yeah, um, yeah, and it was it was just a lot of fun. Do you find that you collaborate with other musicians when you uh, work, or <coughs> do you really just work on your own when you do musicals? You know, I think I'm still discovering that. I mean, I, I come from you know, sort of. I think of myself more as a songwriter than a composer. So okay. I'm sort of like, okay, let me just write some songs. Yeah. And sort of see where they fit in. So you never collaborate. You never like work with a band. You ever been in a part of a band? Uh, I mean, yeah, I've been in. Um, <laughs> I was in a jazz band way back when. Is that right? That was fun. Yeah, awesome. yeah. I love improvisation. I was in with a trumpet and a, a keyboardist. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so far it's mostly been uh, been just me. But but you know, I would love to have more collaboration down the line. Yeah, because I think, especially from a musical writer's perspective. Mm-hmm. If you think down the road, like, where am, where's my show going to go? Right. I'm always collecting in my head the actors and actresses I want to work with. Exactly. The tech or, you know, other mm-hmm. folks I want to work with and also musicians that I want to work with. So totally. yeah, I'm sure you, you totally. do the same. Yeah, because, I mean, I feel like it's just it's so open. Like, I can come up with sort of the outline of a song, but then, like, 
you know, if there's like an Alex Lacamoire out there, like <laughs> right. he can really orchestrate it and arrange it and just sure. make it into something awesome for a band. Yeah. H- how do your parents feel about your, I mean, you know, first you're going to go into law and now right. you're in another direction. I mean, how do they feel? I, you know, I think they've, they've come around. Um, at first they were, you know, very resistant. They're like, dude, like you've got this degree. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I just knew I was going to be miserable. Like I was having nightmares about the bar exam. And, oh yeah. And, while I was there, I made wonderful friends um, with some teachers in the School of Education. And mm-hmm. that has really influenced, you know, everything I've done since from, you know, working at a science museum. Uh, right now I'm at a company that makes educational toys for kids. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, I just, I love working with kids is the truth of it. And, you know, uh, that, that yeah. is a collab. That's, we've had so many folks on the Yay who right. are actors, but also they're in teaching, they're in mm-hmm. education, working with kids right. and using theater. Oh, yeah. To help kids, like Norman, he does mm. each one reach one, which oh, uh, deals cool. with kids who are in juvenile facilities, mm. um, and it helps them because emotionally, whatever they have in their system, mm-hmm. they can sort of release through theater. And like when I think about Absolutely. getting into current events, mm-hmm. there was there've been a bunch of mass shootings that have mm. been going on, yeah. and basically they're basically just kids, young boys, mm-hmm. who don't know how to. You know, vent their frustrations or, you know, just in this typical frustrations that all of us go through. I, I completely agree. I think arts programs are so important. Yeah. It's, it's really a shame that they're getting cut because there's such a critical outlet for learning to express yourself and work with your feelings mm-hmm. and do it in a helpful way. Yeah. Do you think that that helps <coughs> you? I think you were involved in, you know, like I'm sure you were involved in plays when you were uh, oh, yeah. in high school. Absolutely. I mean, especially for songwriting. Like every time I had a breakup, I was like, okay, I'm going <laughs> to get a song out of this. <laughs> you know what? You've hit the nail right on the head. There's mm-hmm. so many songs I have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can oh, name yeah. each girl with each uh, Oh, song yeah. <laughs> but what do you think about just get into current events sure. uh, about – I don't know what's been going on, like, you know, the shootings and oh uh, the um, – we could even talk about the Me Too movement or whatever, yeah. but it doesn't surprise you what's what's been going on. I mean, I, I to be honest, it really scares me. Mm. Um, I just – I think about kids these days. I read some article recently that was like there have been more deaths in schools than there have been in our military in the past year. Wow, that's amazing. And, uh, you know, I just think it, – it, what kind of world are our middle school and high school and even elementary school students growing up in where they have to worry about someone coming in and killing them? Right. Yeah, it's a far world from, mm-hmm. I guess, how you and I think you and I are maybe the right. same age. Um, right. But I'm sure you didn't have to – you didn't have metal detectors in, in no. school. No, we didn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't remember, like, feeling unsafe. I think, you know, absolutely privileged, like, to be able to go to school and feel safe there. Sure, um, yeah. And I just I really wish that on everybody. I you know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's, I, I I'm I'm really scared. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that Congress will you know Me actually too. do something about it instead critical. of just kicking the, the can, can around. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Also, what do you think about the uh, I guess the Me Too movement? Uh, you know, like sexual harassment, mm-hmm. like uh, last week, uh, Morgan Freeman uh, was caught, uh, and Harvey Weinstein was finally arrested. Um, there's a new uh, wave of um, of basically just women saying, hey, I'm not going to take this anymore. Um, yeah, I, I, f- I fully support it. You yeah. know, I think the time is far past time for people to be held accountable. I don't think anybody should be using their position of power to harass, assault, abuse, rape people. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's raising awareness about consent and you That's know, exactly touching right. without consent. Not okay. Yeah. Um, and, you know, 
I'm, I'm really glad, and I hope people continue to go forward, and I hope the men of this world, you know, take a moment to step back and think sure. about what we're doing. Yeah, well, I've often thought, what do fathers tell their sons mm. as far as, you know, how to approach a woman? <coughs> I mean, you know, I guess dating is always hard, mm-hmm. um, but really it's just dealing with your frustrations and mm-hmm. dealing with rejection or, and just knowing how to socialize. Mm-hmm. I'm sure your your dad had a talk with you about <laughs> <laughs> how to approach a girl and all that sort of stuff. Yes. I'm not... I, Dad, I love you. I'm not sure your talk was super helpful, but <laughs> thanks anyways. <laughs> sure, sure. But, uh, yeah, there are a lot of interesting things going on. Mm-hmm. But uh, if there's one thing that one can say about, you know, the Trump administration, mm-hmm. there's so many protests. There's so many people rising up for various reasons. You know, there's the Black Lives Movement. There's right. Me Too. There's right. all sorts of other things going on. It's you definitely know. energizing people, I think, to protest and say mm-hmm. this is not okay. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you do you use <coughs> current events like when you think about let's say the next musical or the next mm-hmm. thing you're going to write? Mm-hmm. Do you use, take snippets of what's happening out in the world and incorporate it yes. in your writing? Yes, absolutely. Um, and I think that's what makes me relevant or irrelevant as an artist. Like if sure. I'm able to react and to incorporate what people are concerned about, that's great. And I think if I don't do that, then mm-hmm. I'm really missing a huge part of what art is supposed to sure. be about. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, I, I, I've noticed recently that actually the last couple songs I've written have been much more attuned to social justice, to protest, and I'm like, it just it's just reflecting a change in me. Awesome. Um, and I'm really excited about that, and I don't know what the next show is going to be. Um, mm-hmm. I, like, I know one of my hopes for, for this show is actually to do a fundraiser um, for the African white rhinoceros and other endangered animals ah. to tie it into yeah. poaching that's happening today. You know what? Yeah, that, and that is, you know, th- and that's another that's another bad thing about, you know, with, with Trump when he mm-hmm. does all these tweets or whatever, it detracts us from the real issues that are going right. on, right. the issues that remain. You know, there's so <clears throat> many, whether it be climate change mm-hmm. or just, you know, poaching, right. there's so many animals that are becoming extinct. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I read an article about the jaguar. I think the, mm. I don't know if it's the jaguar, or the cougar mm-hmm. here in California, but you know they've been, I guess, uh, either attacking residents or infiltrating neighborhoods or whatever because mm. we're approaching their lands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no, it we're is sort of pushing their out. It is out. an issue, and and just to bring it back to you asking about like the Me Too movement and, and sure. shootings, I think in our small way when I think about musical theater, like. Musical theater is great, but in terms of, like, the kinds of roles that people get, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, I, I just don't think it's an, it's as inclusive as it, as it could oh, be. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, and, and so, like, one of the things we've tried to do, you know, with this show is, like, non-traditional casting. Awesome. Um, and just, you know, saying, like, hey, like, you embody this role, like, great, do it, you yeah. know? Yeah. You know, I try, I did the same thing with Nia. You know, mm-hmm. I made sure that we had two Asian-American mm-hmm. actors and we had two black actors mm-hmm. and I wanted to make it as exclusive as absolutely possible. Oh, wonderful, wonderful that you're doing that. Yeah. So who are the actors? Well, not so still, we, um, we, yeah, we have them. Uh, seven actors. Let's see, we've got uh, Chris Steele is amazing. Uh Leah Sanganiti, um, she's great. We have uh, Sarah Miller as an Ibex who's leaping and bounding. Uh, <laughs> okay. Danielle Altizio, same, who gets a wonderful uh, kazoo solo in the middle of the show. Nice. Um, we have Chris Maltby as King Victor Emmanuel II. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, oh my gosh, who am I forgetting? Mm-hmm. Uh, Danielle Kurd as the apothecary. Yeah, um, nice. Yeah, it was interesting, actually. Uh, Chris encouraged me in the script. We had referred to the apothecary as a he, and Danny as a she. Sure. And he was like, "Why don't you just change it to you mm-hmm. and make it sort of gender neutral?" And I was like, "Well, that's a great idea." So we did that. Awesome. Um, and it, it'll just be interesting, like, to see what happens 
down the road. Yeah, um, yeah. Now, um, wait, hold on. I just want to make sure I didn't miss anybody. <laughs> okay, <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, because she has seven. Uh, there should be seven. Sarah, Dania, Danielle, Chris Maltby, Chris Steele, Leah, and Brenna Salmon. That's who I missed. Brenna is playing Petra. Ah, She's great. fantastic. Yeah. Who's directing it? Uh, Trevor Scott Floyd okay. uh, from Marin Theater Company. Um, working with a director is really amazing because the downside of writing folk music and lyrics is that I'm so in it that I have no perspective. Sure. And so he's been able to really take a step back and ask really cogent probing questions about the script and just block it and stage it. He has this visual sense that I, I would could never have. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's just such a treat. Fantastic. Uh, no, it's, it's a wonderful yeah. – um, it's funny as a uh, – because I've been an actor for such mm-hmm. a long time – having to step on the other side mm-hmm. and working and collaborating with the director mm-hmm. and working alongside uh, that person uh, when I worked with AJ. That oh, was right, very, for Nia, right? That's yeah. right, for Nia. Mm-hmm. I, I, it, was, it was really, really interesting knowing mm-hmm. when to step back and just mm-hmm. not say anything, allowing the actors. Because, you know, when you write something, it's like your child. It's like oh, your yeah. baby. And you give it to someone, it's like, you know, take care of my baby. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of trust that is involved. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. How has the theater community, um, just in general, I mean, you've been working, I think you've been here for five years. Yeah. How has the Bay Area community um, helped you out? Are you getting as much out of it? You know, there are a lot of folks who are like, hey, I, I want to go to New York. I want to mm. go to L.A. or whatever. But are you getting what you want oh out of Oh, my gosh. I, you know, I am theater? so grateful for the Bay Area theater community. Cool. I just think that actors <clears throat> and theater people are just sort of the most fun people there are. Yeah. And every time I get a chance to hang out with them, I love it. Like, I, I these days with all the rehearsals, I can, like, when's my next rehearsal? Like, I, I just oh, want to cool. go. I want to <laughs> hang out with these people. Like, right. actors are so fun. And, you know, everybody is just putting their, their time and their effort and their soul into this, you know. Mm-hmm. We're not making a lot of money, obviously. Like, sure. people are just doing it, I think, a lot for the love of it. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's and just seeing that and and the way that especially with musical cafe, the way we support each other, and I you know I'm just grateful. Like my friend Jen, we both applied and we both were like fingers crossed. Let's both get in, and we both got in, and it's so cool to be doing a thing with friends. Oh, that's right. You know what? That's I, I totally forgot. Last year when I got that mm. email saying, "Hey, your musical got in," I was like, "Ah." Oh. It must have been yeah. a fantastic. Um, oh, so it was such a good feeling. Yeah, it's such a good feeling. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I could totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been asking a lot of folks about mm. gentrification, yes. about how you can survive. You know, being a theater person when prices are, are just mm-hmm. going up so much. You're supporting. You're. I guess you're supporting yourself. Your day job is supporting your, That's your correct. work. Yeah. Okay. But it's so. Yeah. I'm, you know, day job transparency. I work for Leapfrog Toys. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I'm paying the bills these days. Um, but it's on my mind. It's like I, there is a part of me, relatively big part of me, that's like I could never buy a house here. Like I could never. No. I don't see myself raising a family here. Like, doesn't it make sense to move to a small village with a bunch of trees somewhere mm-hmm. that's you know with cheaper rent? And it's absolutely been on my mind. Yeah, um, yeah, and and, it, and it's tough with actors. I mean, right. I know with Nia, mm-hmm. we had a lot of uh, uh, rehearsals, but a lot of actors were like, "Hey, listen, I can't just do this, but I have to do other things as well." And so. Right. Right. People are taking, and it's completely understandable mm-hmm. because you got to go where the work is right. and where the money is, right. and so it affects. You know, when when we talk about gentrification, not just you as a creative and surviving, but also the people who you're collaborating with. Uh, you know, I think that's a, exactly true. Um, I was listening to a podcast the other day about mm-hmm. a small town in the middle of, uh, gosh, Georgia, I think, and mm-hmm. their thing is they do every year all the townspeople come together and do a production called Swamp Gravy. 
wow. that is sort of a town-wide musical uh, that just incorporates sort of stories from people in the town, and none of them are all amateurs, and they do wow. it, and it's been going for 20 years, and it's amazing. And wow. what it just reinforced for me is you don't need to live in a city. You don't need to have theater training to be able to participate in theater. Um, and it made me realize, like, there's probably theater everywhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, to be sure, the Bay Area has amazing <coughs> resources and, and an amazing and theater Bay Area and, a, and just a concentration of things. Sure. But I really think if you're committed, <coughs> you can go into a town and, and help start a community theater program. No, yeah. You're absolutely right. And it shows just how important mm -hmm. uh, theater is yes. or arts yes. is to a community. Right. Where do you see yourself in the future? Do you th see yourself... Um, I don't know. Uh, are you going to continue to be a uh, musical writer? Do you? Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I love it. You know, <coughs> I, the, w the way I think about it is I love stories. I love music. Words and music, however I want to continue combining those. Mm -hmm. Musicals feel like one solution, maybe not the only one, but I'm having a grand old time. <laughs> like, this is a lot of fun. Sure, If I sure. can find a way to continue doing this, I'm going to, you know, I yeah. want to work on the next show. But it sounds like you'll stay here. You're not licking about going further or going to New York or anything. I'm not going to go to New York, but I may not stay here. I don't know. I don't know yet. Sure. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I've had a wonderful time here. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, any last um, buttons? We, we've done uh, about half hour worth of stuff. Well, yeah, let me just say to anybody who's listening who's maybe thought about writing a novel or thought about, you know, writing a musical, just do it. Um, That's right. It's so much fun. You'll get so much reward. You'll, your friends will be badgering you to read it. Like, I have certainly felt, oh, is this good enough? <laughs> I'm a little insecure about this. But, but the truth is the stuff that you write is so much better than the stuff that you don't write. So just – Go ahead and do it, and the world's going to support you. I, I absolutely second that. And another thing, it opens you up. Like, I find that my life is sometimes partitioned. Like, mm. there are people at my job who don't know my life as, mm -hmm. let's say, an actor, and there are people at my uh, who act. You know, I also work uh, for a um, – I work as a paralegal for the, oh, the cool. DA's office in San mm -hmm. Francisco. And when I write – you know, when I wrote the musical, people were like, wow – I didn't know you. I, I'm going to see your show. And all right. of a sudden, you, people open up and see another part of you. Yes. When we think about performers, we think about the people on stage. Mm -hmm. But you're just as much an artist as well because Absolutely. it's your work you know, that, that people are doing. Well, fantastic. Did you have a good time? I had a grand time. Thank you, Reg. This was a lot of fun. Fantastic. And, of course, we will have links uh, to the show. And also, uh, do you have a personal website? I think yes, you do. Yes, I do. Uh, Meltsinyourmind.com. Right on. Meltsinyourmind.com. And we'll have that link uh, if you want to collaborate with Joel or you just want to say hi. Yeah, say hi. Do you do uh, Twitter or anything yes, like I that? Yes, I do. Uh, I'm Joel Knopf Writes on Twitter. Joel Knopf Writes. Okay, I'll put that link on as right. well. All right, so I'll give my last blurb. You can find the Yay on the Apple Podcast app or on, on iTunes. If you're uh, if you look on iTunes, you can um, okay. I've got my script up right here. You can find the Yay on the Apple Podcast app on all iPhones and iPads. You can also find the Yay on iTunes. Just click on iTunes, click on Store, use the search engine on the upper left hand side, right hand side. And search for the Yay. You can find us. For Android users, download the SoundCloud app and search for the Yay. The Yay was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, and we will take it from there. And also, you can look up my Twitter thing. It's Reg Space Clay. And uh, let us know what you think of the show. Please come out to see uh, the musical uh, cafe the showcase. First, second, and third. That's right. And that's it. And we are out. All right.